Hello again, folks. Welcome back to this episode of Stew on This. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Stu Bittman, and this episode is called Baby, You Can Drive My Karma. Ah, one of the biggest challenges I have as a peaceful warrior in this world is my tendency to separate myself from it, especially its problems, which I tend to blame on them. You know, those people who are responsible for the state of the world through their choices. I see violence and greed and separation and ignorance in the world, and I get to feel briefly superior thinking that others are to blame for all that. But my heart humbly reminds me that I carry the seeds of all those things within me, as I believe we all do. My heart reminds me, too, that the state of the world is exactly the result of all our collective choices up till now. And even if I haven't watered those seeds as much as some others have, (laughs) blaming them and separating myself isn't the truest or the most loving strategy at my disposal. Besides, I don't get to do too much about other people's choices. And neither do you, most likely. So perhaps we want to look at our own choices and make an intention to base them a little bit more on our deepest values. We want to base our choices on love and all those other things we want to see in the world. I don't know about you, but I know I don't always choose love (laughs) toward myself or even with the person I love the most in the world, Hillary. I know that sometimes I still unconsciously choose to water the seeds of anger and separation instead. So, if this resonates with you, perhaps we can all choose to do just a little better than we have up to now with our choices. But one of the things that makes that choice harder is that much of the time I don't even realize that I'm choosing. Something happens, I instantly make it mean something, whether it really means that or not, and then I instantly react based on the meaning I give it, rather than consciously choosing. So many of my choices have apparently become so habitual, so unconscious, so automatic, and so incredibly rapid that it doesn't even seem that I'm choosing at all. But whether it seems so or not, you and I are always choosing, always choosing our next course of action, even if our choice is to not make a choice and to operate on automatic pilot. In every moment, we're choosing to accept or to resist, to flow or fight, to react or respond, to build up or to tear down, to love or to not. In every moment, we are choosing what to showcase in the center ring of our awareness, even again if it's choosing to be a victim of whatever might be showing up there. But regardless of what might be going on in our minds or in our lives, you and I are not victims. We always have a choice about what we make things mean and how to look at them and how to respond to them, perhaps even how to use them to fuel our own growth and to increase our capacity to love. But whenever we believe we don't have a choice or forget that we can make a different choice, we indeed become a victim whether it's to our circumstances, or to our genes, or to our karma. (laughs) But we can overcome all of these and choose love, even our karma. B, 
because karma only begins when choice ends. Karma for me isn't some cosmic scoreboard or ledger sheet that's keeping track of my good and bad choices and to which I am eternally doomed. For me, karma is more a pattern of thinking. It's the way that I have assigned meaning to things over and over, and so therefore it's the way I have chosen over and over in the past that over time frames my experience of life. It makes it more likely I will see and react to things the same old way. Karma is more like being prone. We all know some people who are accident prone. (laughs) And maybe through our patterns of thinking and choosing that we've repeated over and over again, we may have become a little bit anger prone or guilt prone or worry prone or self-abuse prone. Joe Dispenza teaches that neurons that fire together wire together. This explains our proneness. (laughs) But Joe also shows an amazing video of nerve cells making new and different connections with other nerve cells. Neurons can wire together in different ways, and they do so continuously. This is called neuroplasticity. <laughs> it's called neuroplasticity, even if it's not the easiest thing to say. And you and I still have it, even folks who are a bit older, like me. <laughs> this is really hopeful news. It means that our collective proneness towards separation and competition and greed and violence can become more and more of a proneness toward love and connection and mutual respect. And again, like I probably mention every week, it starts with our own choices. Our karma can be transformed and transcended by love. And it happens every single time we choose love. But if you and I want to transcend our karma, we have to end our trance. If we want to transcend our karma, we have to end our trance. We can overcome our karma, but we can only do it by waking up and making a different choice right now, in this present moment. Hmm. Viktor Frankl, a concentration camp survivor who wrote an amazing book called Man's Search for Meaning, said, between stimulus and response, there is a space In that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. Yes, in that space between stimulus and response, all possibilities exist. And from that space, you and I create from those infinite possibilities. And so we can bring more of what is good beautiful and true into the world. That space may seem infinitesimally small right now, but it exists. And when we put our attention on it, the space gets bigger. And it is indeed in that space that we can end our trance and find the freedom to transcend our karma. We can enlarge and widen that space so we can jump into it more easily and choose love more often. We can slow down our minds by slowing down our lives and carving out more time for 
vitally important things like meditation. Because that's when we practice choosing love in the face of our own thoughts. And it's a bit easier sitting in front of a candle or in front of our altar than out there in the world. Here's a couple more things we can do to expand that space so we can end our trance in the moment and choose love. Pick an hour of a day where you're not too busy and preface every single thing you do with the words, I choose to. I choose to brush my teeth up here. I choose to to wash my feet in the shower first. I choose to make a left. I choose... I choose to. I say an hour. It was recommended by my teacher to do it for a whole day, but it's a bit exhausting. Maybe we can work up to a day. But even in an hour, doing this exercise will point out how much you run on automatic pilot, how many choices you make that you're not really choosing. It will also indicate some choices that you may not want to continue making. Like if you say, I choose to walk over to the fridge right now and stuff my face with ice cream. (laughs) You might get your attention um, to the point where you might make a different choice. Check it out. And here's another one. Change something. Change the furniture. Change the way you go to work. Change, put, put the other pant leg in or your leg and the other pant leg first. Put the other shoe on first. (laughs) Put both socks on before putting either shoe on. Do something different. It's so much harder to fall asleep in life, asleep and blindfolded in life, by doing something different. Go a different way. (laughs) Yes, this will help. This will help us stay awake so we can make different choices. We're always choosing, folks even when we're choosing not to choose. So let's choose to choose love and peace and abundance and joy and keep widening that space so we can make those choices. Because every single time we do, we become more love-prone and peace-prone and abundance-prone and joy-prone. And so does the world. Yeah. Stew on that. See you next week.